book of Acts, the sixth chapter. So we go to the book of Acts in the sixth chapter. And uh, if, if you all would just stand with me for the reading of his word. Verses number six. I'm going to start at verses number six to verses number eight. Well, I'll tell you what, let's just... No, let's just read verses number six. Verses six, seven, and eight. Now we'll read the first, you read the second, we read the eighth verse together. Acts chapter six, verses... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Acts chapter one. Excuse me. Acts chapter one. Go back over a few pages. Acts chapter one. I knew it was something wasn't right about this. All right, we got it now. At verses number six, Acts chapter one, verses number six. Let us begin. You have it? Say amen. amen. All right. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou um, at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? You read verse seven. All right, let's read verse 8 together. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. All right, let's just turn over to Matthew's the 28th chapter. I might as well just let you go ahead on and go that way with me as well. Amen. I know it sounds like we're doing a lot, but we're really not. Matthew's the 28th chapter and uh, about the, the 19th verse, 19th verse. Matthew's 28, 19. If you have it, say amen. amen. All right. Let's read that. But Matthew's 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching, come on, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Amen. All right. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We, met, we thank you for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and the reading of your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bless us to be able to deliver a word, Lord, that the people of God would receive on today. We just thank you for all things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Repeat after me and say, called and commissioned. Called and commissioned. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Called and commissioned. You know that on last Sunday we spoke from Mark uh, chapter 16 there as we shared how the women of, of Jesus' days, how they went to the tomb to complete his burial process and how they discovered uh, that the, uh, to their great surprise that, they, that he was not there. Amen. He was not there. And you know um, how sometimes a woman can get when she gets uh, a little bit frantic and things and Mary just got really all bent up out of shape and she was worried about them that had stole um, the Lord's body uh, but when they had received a message um, he is not here but 
um, he is risen. They told him, told them women further to go and tell thy disciples to meet him in Galilee. And there he will further instruct them as to what they were to do. And this is a point in time where Jesus did. And I thank God when the Bible, the scripture said that he would not leave you comfortless. Amen. And I know that speaks of the Holy Spirit uh, because the Holy Spirit is always here to guide us and to aid us unto all spiritual truth. And so uh, after the fact that he had risen from the dead and he had uh, ascended, amen, he had not yet ascended upon uh, up into heavens to be with the Father, but he was yet uh, for 40 days uh, uh, as an infallible proof um, about the city and meeting different ones and how many had seen him. Matthew's gospel, uh, the 28th chapter, it tells us that after the death of Jesus, he met with his disciples in Galilee. Now, why Galilee? Of all places, he could have met with him, some of anywhere. But he chose Galilee. Well, remember now, Galilee was the place where Jesus first met them. Remember they was there uh, uh, at the Sea of Galilee. Remember those disciples, the majority of those disciples, Peter, James, John, Andrews, and, and all of those, they were all fishermen. And that's where they were. They were there by the Sea of Galilee, fishing. Amen. They were there fishing. And so what Jesus did, Jesus told them he wanted to meet them where he met them. Amen. How many of you can remember back the time when you first met the Lord? Where you met him at? Amen. Thanks be to God. The, the most important issue is, amen, that you met him. And to know him is to love him. And so he met with them back there in uh, Galilee, there in Jerusalem, uh, right there in the mountains. He told them to go up in the mountains. And the mountains was always considered a, a secluded place. Jesus didn't want to meet with the multitude. That was not who he wanted to talk to. He needed to talk to uh, to the, um, uh, the the disciples, and and that was who he was going to give this great commission to. Was going to be to his disciples. And so it's very important. Believe it or not, uh, sons and daughters of God, we are the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been commissioned to carry this gospel. Amen. Any and everywhere. And you know, sometimes we run across people that don't understand and they're struggling in their walk and, and things and they act, they're asking us, uh, asking you questions because they, 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 they don't know the answers to them. They don't understand why. And the Lord has commissioned us to be able to give a word to them. We may not know everything and have it all down pat. The disciples didn't know everything. And they, they, and they were still ignorant to the fact in a lot of things. But I thank God, amen, they were willing vessels, willing to be, to learn and to be obedient to the Lord. One, that's, and that's one thing I learned. You may not, I don't know everything and didn't know a lot about the scriptures, amen. But as I began to be obedient to the Lord, God began to reveal. And that's what God will do to you as an individual. The more you open up to him, the more he reveals himself to you. Amen. And so they were there in the, uh, Galilee uh, in the region of Galilee, there among, in the mountains where Jesus spoke with them. Yes. And he met with the 
with the disciples and he had a word, amen, for them and them only. And that's what I love about the Lord. God has a tailor-made word, amen, directly for, strictly for you. Amen. And that word, amen, it, it comes to bless you and it comes to touch you and it comes to anoint you. And so he had commissioned them, amen, uh, for the perfecting of the ministry that they, that Jesus had begun. Jesus had begun the ministry. Remember when he was up in the mountain? The Bible declared that he had fast some 40 days. He was tempted by Satan, the enemy. Amen. And then as he uh, uh, straightway, the Bible declares that as he, as he left from out of the mountains and as he left, amen, from the presence of Satan, he went down to the Jordan River. That was the next stop. The next stop would be the Jordan River there where he would go to be in Dower. Now, he had been instructed while he was up in the wilderness. God had been instructing him. God had been telling him. Amen. And had been showing him what, he, what all he had to do. He even showed him, amen, the cross. He even showed him the suffering. He even showed him, amen, everything that he would encounter and he would go through and deal with. And if you don't believe that, amen, that's the reason why Jesus prayed. Remember, young people, I asked you that, and Raphael, I do owe you some money. By the way, you were the closest person to getting the answer that I asked. Amen. Say amen for Brother Raphael. Amen. amen. He was the closest person. I asked, why did Jesus pray so much? Why did he pray? And he prayed, you know, he kept praying that the bitter cup would pass from him because he knew that they were going to punish him. That's what it was. He knew, he, and he didn't want to suffer that punishment. That was going to be some serious. No, man, a beating is, is, is bad enough to get a whooping from your mama or your daddy, especially when they heavy-handed. That's enough. <laughs> Amen. Ah, oh, but Jesus knew that there was going to be some great suffering. And he knew that before he can go and do what he needed to do, he needed to go straightway down by the Jordan River. To be baptized, amen, by John because it was written that he would go down and be baptized and the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, would rest upon him. I don't know about you, but I love it, amen. The Bible declares that there's only one, amen, baptism. But there are many feelings, and I find myself telling the Lord, feel me. Feel me, Lord. Feel me, God. Feel me. Feel me. Let your cup, let my cup overflow with the overflowing joy of your love and your mercy. And so Jesus, he goes on and he begins to uh, go to and he began to, uh, he went down by the way of the Jordan River. And while he was there at the Jordan River, he began to be baptized by John. The Bible declares that the spirit of the Lord descended upon him like that us of a dove. Amen. And that metaphorical uh, figure of a dove and the Bible declares that when he went straightway out of the water he went about the mission that he had so Jesus had a mission and he had started a mission amen and he he was looking forward to the disciples for them to fulfill the mission of God we got a mission y'all we're on a mission amen we're on a mission and, we, and, and the mission is, is that we've got, a, we have a lost community that don't know the Lord or they know the Lord, but they're not serving the Lord. And many of them has decided to go their own separate ways. Amen. And we've got to go and take a word to them. Hallelujah. I know sometimes you might be wondering, Lord, I don't know why I got to keep on talking to this person right here. Well, it's for a reason. It's for a reason. 
so we've got to go and we've got to tell them. There is a slogan that is read that this uh, uh, this changes everything. You ever heard that slogan that says this changes everything? This slogan, amen, has been used as a length in uh, advertising uh, with, with many different types of products. Yes, yes, the clam has been attached to a, a favoring of flavoring of water. This changes everything. An allergy relief medicine. This changes everything. A slogan for the trucks, you know, that uh, uh, we uh, drive, America Drive today. This changes everything. And on the brand even of mayonnaise, how, you know, it declares that if you put some of this on there, man, this will change that whole appearance of what that right there would taste like. Yeah. So, amen, you will find that some books bears this slogan title, this changes everything. It's something about the product. Yeah. It's going to change something. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, this is where I'm going with that. Stay with me, amen. Said, so, of course... Amen. The overuse of many slogans can rob it of its original appeal. But when we consider the fact that Jesus is resurrection, we can stay without a shadow of a doubt. Amen. That his resurrection changes everything. Hallelujah. His resurrection changes everything. It changes the way I walk. It changes the way I think. It changes the way I live. Oh, my Lord. Because when you've been born again and when you've taken upon the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and it becomes a part of you, amen, just everything all together just looks different. It feels different. Wherein the disciples, amen, they, uh, you know, they were used to bring, being with Jesus and, and working with him and allowing him to, uh, to, uh, to work his ministry. Uh, they've been used to seeing him. Oh, but because of his resurrection, this changes everything. His resurrection changes a lot of things. It set a whole new course of direction for those disciples. And so as we give them, amen, as Jesus gives them new instruction for the coming of the perfecting of the ministry, amen, he had to uh, teach them some things. And so when you look back there, and as I had you to read in the book of Matthew, the 28th chapter, there where he instructed him, he said, go and teach all nations. That means that anybody, that's the Jews, the Gentiles, you name them. And nowadays, we have many different uh, denominations, many different types of creeds and people. But the Bible tells us that we ought to go and teach all nations. We go and we teach them. We teach them the word of God, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, whichever one you want to say. Amen. It's all in the same. And to those new disciples, amen, that we would gain, we are to teach those new disciples. We ought to teach them how to obey the command of Jesus. Amen. And, to, and, and how they are supposed to give themselves to the Lord. Oh, my. And that's according to Matthew's 28th chapter. And so today we have the same instructions, nothing different under the sun. We have that same instructions, amen, that we are, have been given, that we are to go out and to make disciples. And I honestly believe, and the Lord has just been really dealing with me uh, with this. This is why we get out there and we try to have the outreach ministry, because we're trying to make disciples. 
we're trying to get disciples, amen. We're trying to get people to come in. We're trying to get people, amen, introduced to Christ. Oh, but I'm just one man. I can only do so much. Hallelujah. I can only do so much. And sometimes I've done so much, man, I'd be so tired. I have to pray for myself. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And so it takes all of us. It takes all of us to reach out. You may ask yourself, Pastor, what can I do to be a blessing to this house? Oh, my God. Hallelujah. You can win a soul. Amen. You can invite somebody. You can, if you sometimes, you know, invite somebody. Sometimes you might have to go by and pick them up and bring them. Hallelujah. And I just believe, amen, that God is going to bless us in those areas. Yes, he is. So today we have that same instruction that we are to go out and to make disciples and to bring them in so that they can be saved. We baptize them. Thank God we got a pool. It ain't the biggest thing, but we, we got one. Amen. And it works. And we've used it. Amen. We've used it. And so we bring them in to be baptized and to teach them the importance of obeying the word of God. And that's what it's all about. If you can ever get saved enough, amen, and love God enough, amen, and to obey his word, you'd be surprised you would how much better life would be for you. Amen. We got enough stress to deal with in life as we go about and stuff. We don't need to add no more on to us. No, 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 no. But if we live for the Lord, God will give us the patience. God will give us the strength. God will give us the fortitude to be able to hang in there and do what it is that he's trying to do up in us. That we might build our ministry. So in Matthew's gospel, Jesus has given this great commission. He's given this great commission to his disciples that they are, he have charged them. Amen. This great, with this great charge. But they will need power from on high. Have you ever thought about, you know, a person gets saved and, and that's as far as they go with it. But it seems like they struggle trying to hold on. They struggle trying to keep it. Listen, this is what the Holy Spirit is all about. Amen. People don't realize how important it is that you don't stop, but that you go and you tarry for the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit, amen, to come on into your life. It is very necessary and it is very needed. Well, I'll tell you in a few minutes, amen. And so it was in Galilee that Jesus had instructed those disciples and he had commissioned them. Amen. There in, in Galilee, uh, uh, as to what, in, in, in Acts uh, 28 chapter, as to what they were supposed to be doing. And after he gave them, then told them what he wanted them to do, that they were to go out and to teach all nations, the Jews and the Gentiles at that time. Amen. Uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And to teach them how to obey the commandments of God that God had given as unto them. Amen. That was the commandment that God had, that Jesus had given to them. But Jesus knew that they were yet not ready. And so oftentimes people step out and they ain't quite ready. You ever got out, amen, and you was going your way, going somewhere, and you got in, you jumped in the car, and you pulled off and went halfway down the block and had to, oh, my goodness, I had to go back. You had to run back to the house and pull back up in there just to get something that you forgot. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Oh, my Lord, ought to get halfway there. And you've had to turn around because it was something that was very important. That where you was going, if you don't have that, it means nothing about you going where you got to go. And so you end up turning around halfway there to go back and get it. Well, Jesus didn't want that to be the case with the disciples. Amen. He gave them the instructions that they needed. And, and God, amen, uh, 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 he told them to go to Jerusalem there and to stay there in Jerusalem. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Read with me here. Go back to the book of Acts, Acts, Acts chapter 1 in verses 12. Verses 10, uh, verses, oh, I'm sorry, go to verses 11. Go to verse 11. You have it? Say amen. Acts chapter 1. We were just there. Acts chapter 1. I know y'all done closed the Bibles and put everything up. It's all right. Amen. Just break out with that real quick. Acts chapter 1, verse number 11. If you have it, say amen. amen. All right, let's read. Which also said, he, ye brethren of Galilee, why stand here gazing here into the heavens? That same Jesus who has been taken up from you, amen, unto heaven shall come, amen, like manner, and ye shall see him go unto heaven. And so what happened right there? Hold that spot because we're going to read a little bit further, but let me just get my little point right here. Uh, and so right here, Jesus, amen, has descended up into heaven. He is on his way, going back to the place to be with the Father. That's where he's going. But he has commissioned the disciples, amen, to do a great work. All right? He's commissioned them. And they're standing there looking at Jesus as he, while he's talking, and he's just constantly rising up towards heaven. And they're looking at him. He, he, and they watched him until he got out to just a little small pen, and then, boop, they didn't see him anymore. Hallelujah. And they still standing there watching them. And somebody come along and say, hey, ye men of Galilee, what is it? Why are y'all still standing here? He gave y'all a charge and command. Let's see what it is. Verse number 12. Let's read it. And then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. It was about seven days from where they were, from the Mount of Olives, where Jesus had met with them in Galilee and things. And what that he instructed them where they was looking at him, gazing as he uh, watching him while he had uh, uh, disappeared and went up into heaven. Amen. And he began to let them know, hallelujah, that there's a place where you need to go. And it's about seven days from here to Jerusalem. Too often times we allow the enemy to make us get stuck. In one place. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't get stuck in one place. Oh, my Lord. Sometimes you got to move out that spot. You got to move out of that spot. You might have to do a little bit of fasting and praying. Amen. You might have to do a little bit of seeking the Lord. You might have to do, amen, a little turning the plate down. Amen. And, and seeing what God has in store for you. Amen. Seek ye the Lord. When you seek the Lord, you will find him. You will find him. He's not far. He is never too busy that he came here to cry. And so oftentimes we're waiting. Lord, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Okay, you're going to keep on waiting. You're going to be just like the man who was waiting on rescue. 
He was waiting on the Lord to come and get him. And he was in a flood. And he said, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord already done sent a boat there. He said, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. He sent a ship there. He said, no, I'm still waiting on the Lord. Son a helicopter. No, I'm still waiting on the Lord. And after a while, nobody came. And he, he prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, where are you? I've been still waiting on you. He said, man, I came for you the first time. But you didn't, you rejected it. And you said, no, you were still waiting on the Lord. We got to be careful that we don't miss the Lord. Don't miss what the Lord is trying to show us. So when you look here, oh my Lord. Let's read verse 13. So when they had come in, they went up where? Up into the upper room where they had bought both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew. All right, Matthew, James, the son of Zebedee, Zalat, uh huh, and Judas, the son or the brother of James. Oh my God. And so when you look at all these folks that's here, come on, let's just read a little bit further. For, verse 14. These are continued with one accord in prayer and so, what did they wait? Hold on. What did they do? They continued how? And what? And listen here, folks. Sometimes we got to get on our knees and seek the Lord. Sometimes we got to call on the name of the Lord and we've got to let, allow God to do his work. Listen here. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, God is not through with me. And I know he's not done. And so therefore, if the Lord is not done with you and you know he's not done with you, you got to let the Lord work it out in you. My God, God wants to work it out in you. And too often times, you know, we, we start out with the Lord and we get real happy. And the minute we get discouraged, we back out of it. Oh, my God. And then we, 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 when, we, when that ain't enough and we get sick and tired of that mess, we jump out of it and get back in the Lord. And we, we're doing just well, amen. And after a while, the enemy start messing with our head and stuff. Start going, we back out of it. Oh, but you got to tell the Lord. Tell that devil he's a lie. Satan is a lie. He's the father of lies. And too often times, the enemy don't want us to press forward. He don't want us to really hold on and wait. Listen here. There's some days, amen, we realize disappointment is going to come. And there's times when we're going to be disappointed in this life. But we can't give up. Worst thing we can do is to give up. Because when we give up, then we've been defeated. And one of the things that the enemy is just waiting on, some days we come, amen, Sunday after Sunday, we don't see nobody hardly here but just us, amen. The enemy just wants us to just say, you know what, forget it, I'm done with it, it's over with. But you got to tell that old devil, devil, you are a liar. Amen. Tell that devil he's a liar. He's the father of lies. And he will try his best to deceive us in any which way he possibly can. Oh, my God. And so we see here, amen, that as uh, Jesus, had, as uh, the scriptures goes further on here, it's it goes on in verses number 15. Let's read verse 15, and then I'm going to leave this alone. Amen. It says, in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of who? The disciples. And said what? How many folks was in that upper room? A hundred and twenty. Now, many times y'all done read that and I'm stuck. There it is right there. 120. That's all God needs. God just needs just a few faithful people that is willing to do the work of the Lord, that is willing to allow themselves to be used by the Lord. Too often times we get hung up in, I don't want to go to that little small church because there ain't nobody there. I'm going to the big spot. 
Well, a whole lot of other people there. I want to go over there. And that's all right. Amen. But the Lord just didn't allow me to be there. And I'm good with that. As long as God has been, amen, he's been pleased and he's getting the glory out of the things that I'm doing for him, that's all that matters. Amen, somebody. That's all that matters is God being glorified in what you are doing. Y'all better be thinking about that. Amen. Too often times the Lord wants to use us and we're so busy tucked away sitting somewhere where we don't even need to be. Amen. We are in places we don't even need to be. And here it is. You got all these folks that's struggling and going through. Amen. And trying to make it work and trying to do this thing. And here you got a whole big old crowd sitting over there ain't doing nothing. I often wonder how they how the Lord's going to deal with that. And so if you can be used by the Lord, allow yourself to be used by him. We just can't go out and not be uh, prepared. Amen. This is what caused so much failure in life. Failure comes and disappointment comes and it sets up because we go out unprepared. Don't just go and throw yourself out there and just be out there. Just go try this and try to do this and stuff. Don't do none of the, you know, you, you got to be prepared. And this is what Jesus, Jesus, when he came from out of the wilderness, he did not just run out there and start ministry. Jesus went and prepared himself. And he prepared himself up in the wilderness. And when he came down from his preparations, amen, he had to get everything sanctioned by the Holy Spirit, by God. Amen. And that was that the Holy Spirit came upon him and then he was ready to go. If you notice the disciples, he didn't just, even though he gave them the commission, but he did not allow the disciples to just take off and hit and go. Amen. But he told them that that there was a place that I needed you to go. That was the upper room. Hallelujah. That was the upper room. Where he had to go. It's something about going in the upper room. Somebody says that every now and then you've got to go away to your little secret place in your house and shut the door. Amen. And pray as unto the Father. Too often times when we don't know what to do and and we try to deal with it, we try to work it, it stresses us out, it worries us, it bogs us out, it bogs us down, it discourages us, it makes us want to quit and give up and things because we won't go into our upper rooms. Got to go into that prayer room, that little prayer closet. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just say, you know what? I'm going to fast today. Amen. I'm going to fast today. Uh-huh. I'm going to seek the Lord today. I'm going to read me some scriptures today. Uh-huh. I'm going I'm to believe God that God's going to take this situation and turn it around. Uh-huh. Those of us who have children and we're praying for our children and things, you know, we can't make them be saved. We can't make them do the right thing. We can't make them change their life. But I guarantee you one thing, we can sure put some prayer on it. We can certainly put some prayer, some fasting, and some praying on that thing. And we can bombard God and bombard heaven. And I guarantee you, God will not, amen, allow himself to be short of his word. And he will do just what he says. And so the Holy Spirit is an absolute must. It's an absolute must. The Holy Spirit is, is needed. It, 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 it helps us in the work of the Lord that we do. It, it, it really pays to be, amen, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Back in the days, we called it the Holy Ghost. He so often asked us, do you have the Holy Ghost? Uh, anytime you said, uh, uh-uh, you ain't got it. You ain't got it. Anytime you got to say, uh, what's that? You know, uh-uh, you ain't got it. <laughs> you ain't got it. 
Because one thing about the Holy Ghost, if, if the Holy Spirit, if, when you know you have the Holy Ghost or you know you have the Holy Spirit, amen, it works in the inside. You know it without a shadow of a doubt. And the Bible has declared there is only one baptism of the Holy Spirit, but many refillings. And every now and then when you feel yourself getting a little weak along the way, Lord, refill me again. Come back, Lord, and stir that pot up again. Amen. Got Sometimes we got to stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Shake that thing up, amen, and let the Lord do what he got to do in here. And so in that the disciples were, amen, were not quite ready to go after him. And the reason why they wasn't quite ready to go after him, because we got to finish the I'm, And then I'm just, let me just get a, little, a few more minutes here. Acts, the first chapter, I mean, Acts uh, chapter one. And it talks about here at verses number six, uh, Acts chapter one, verse number six. When you look back here at Acts chapter one, verses, verse number six, it said, and when therefore we come together, amen, they asked of him. Now listen to what they're asking of him. They're more concerned about the materialistic things of life. And that's a big mistake, y'all. When we worry about the materialistic things of life, amen, those things will get us in trouble. They'll push us further and further away from the truth. Those materialistic things of life. You know, some folks live for the materialistic things of life. But I want you to know that the Bible has declared that all of these things shall pass away. Meaning they're going, these things are going to burn with the fervent heat and the fire, amen, in those days. And so and when you look back here in Acts and, and you see what they were asking here in verses number six. And when they had come together and they had said to him, saying, Lord. Uh, will thou uh, 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 will thou at this time restore? See, they were they knew that Jesus, Amen, had had, had uh, been crucified. He had died on the cross. He had risen from the dead, Amen. And they was expecting him to restore, Amen, Jerusalem, restore, Amen, Israel to bring it all back together. The material, the material, the, the uh, materialistic things of the. the uh, Matistic things of life. They were they were really really expecting, Amen, Jesus to bring that thing around. Oh my God! And it's just like it is even today. We look at what's going on. We got a president. We don't know what's going to take place. We we see what's going on. We see what he's doing and things. Amen. Sometimes all we can do is just pray for the man. Amen. Sometimes, you know, we, we complain, Lord, have mercy. I'll be glad when they get this thing out of the office. I'll be glad when they do this. Don't worry about all that. Amen. Just pray and say, Lord, have your way. Lord, let your will be done. The spirit of all that takes place and everything that he's done. And I know some of us, and I've been guilty of this, and saying, Lord, I pray that this man don't be reinstated. Listen here, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, don't you worry about that. Amen. Seek ye the Lord. And watch God do the work and let him do the work. And so when you look back here uh, in verses number six, where they had come together, amen, and they begin to ask Jesus or they ask the Lord, uh, will thou at this time restore again the, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the kingdom of Israel? This is the question that they asked. And what Jesus did in verses number seven, he rebuked them and he said unto them, he, this is what he said. He said, it is not for you to know. In other words, what are you asking for? Why do you want to know that? Why are you worried and concerned about that? And I just gave you the great commission as to what I want you to do. Sometimes we worry about the nonsense stuff, stuff we need to just don't even worry. You know how it is. Some folks can just ask you some of the 
kind of a question. I don't want to say that word. <laughs> Sometimes folks can ask them questions and you have to look at them twice. And They didn't just ask that, did they, Sister Fanny? I guess they did. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to just use good common sense and to just know. Amen. And when you're flowing in the, the spirit of the Lord, and see, that's another thing. They weren't flowing yet. They hadn't got there yet. They had not been endowed with the power that God had talked about. They had not even made it to the upper room yet. And when you have, when you, and this is another thing, when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, I'm telling you, you subject to just about do and think anything. Amen. Sometimes we spend too much time focusing on the things that are of no importance, of no value, instead of the matters that are most important. The Bible tells us, lean not unto thy own understanding. It's not about what you think. It's not about even, oh, I sure wish the whole, I hope the president don't make another turn. It's not about for me to say it. Amen. Who's in control? God is in control of everything. But in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. And so, God, we're just acknowledging you, Lord. You have your way. You let this thing go in the direction that it needs to go in, Lord. God, if it's your will that he take another turn, so be it. But if it ain't, God, I thank you for what you've done. Even in our own present situation, sometimes we got to allow the Lord to take full charge. So the, de the disciples, they did not understand what Jesus was all about. They didn't understand it. They missed it. And they were still expecting him to establish the kingdom, amen, that would liberate uh, Israel from the Roman rule and they was under great depression and they were just tired and sometimes misery will cause you to just forget all about God when you're going through suffering and you're going through some things it will cause you to forget all about God and the greatness of God and how good God is sometimes amen we're going through so many aches and pains in life we forget all about that he's a healer amen because we're suffering so. And sometimes we tell ourselves, well, I don't know. I'm still suffering and I'm still going through. And don't seem like the Lord is going to do nothing. Amen. Don't seem like he, man, listen here. What Job said all of my point of time, I've just got to wait on the Lord. I've got to wait on the Lord. Sometimes we got to learn how to just wait on God. And got to be careful with what you're asking God to do. Because sometimes his way of healing you may not be the way you was expecting him to heal you. Amen. Y'all didn't quite catch that, but it's all right. Amen. Watch how you ask the Lord to do certain things. Because sometimes his way of doing it may not be the way you was expecting him to do it. And you might end up on the other end of this thing. <laughs> and so they were still hoping for an earthly kingdom. When Jesus told them of his kingdom is not of this world. What did y'all miss here? Well, they missed it. Amen. They missed it. And Jesus gave to them, amen, a responsibility of the mission of the world that they are to go out, amen, and to teach all nations. That was the great commission. And that is our commission that we are to go out and to witness to everybody that we can. And we are to go out and talk to as many as we possibly can. Man, so oftentimes the Lord will put somebody right next door to us, meaning standing right next to you, working side by side. Yeah. 
Amen. And he will give you the opportunity after opportunity for you to speak a word. Sometimes the enemy will tell you, shut your mouth, don't say nothing. No, you don't know what to say. You don't really know how they're going to react. You don't know how. Listen, sometimes you got to just forget all of that, about all of that, and just shoot for it. And watch God do the word. So Jesus gave them the responsibility of the commission of the world. God's kingdom is spiritual. His kingdom is spiritual. It's not material. God is not about the materialistics of this stuff. Amen. He holds the cattle of, uh, upon a hill, a thousand hills. Amen. Whatever God needs, he, 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 he has it. Amen. We don't have to be bothered by all of the, the, the materialistical things that in life that we press forward to try to receive and try to get. I need a car. Amen. I need this. I need a good bank account. I need, and some folks will work day in and day out and spend all of their lifetime working. Amen. Don't even care about a vacation. They ain't trying to take off. They ain't trying to go do nothing. Man, they only concerned about how much money I can make, especially when it's good and it's coming. But the Bible also lets us know what profit a man to gain this whole world and to lose his soul. These men, amen, they were seeing, they're, they, in their thinking, amen, they were thinking about a political kingdom. Oh, my God, they were seeking a conqueror. They were hoping that Jesus would come back and that he would conquer and that he would overthrow the Roman Empire, amen. The enemy that they were suffering and Israel were going through, and they were hoping that Jesus would come and do something about it. And all Jesus was telling them, amen, that's not what we're talking about here. Amen. He responded with the rebuke and the correction of their thinking here. It is not for you, amen, to know the time nor the season. All it is for you to do is just to be ready when he comes. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, are you ready? Look at somebody else and say, neighbor, are you ready? It's something about being ready and it's something about not being ready. Oh my God, I, I tell you, how many times you've gone to pick up somebody and you had to wait for them because they was not ready. But oh my God, I mean, those disciples, had, they, were, they were all gathered together as they were instructed to go to the upper room. And they were, go to, they were told to go to the upper room and just tarry. In other words, they were told to wait there. Thank you, Jesus. That was one time where they were not supposed to get in a hurry. Sometimes we get in a hurry and we just don't wait long enough for God to do what it is that he's trying to do. But I want you to know that when we wait on the Lord, when we wait on the Lord, we can't help but receive what God has in store for us. Your waiting may be a long wait. Thank you, Jesus. And in the midst of your waiting, the enemy will tell you you ought to just give up. God ain't thinking about you. He will tell you you ought to just give up. God ain't stutting you. You ought to just give up. God has forgotten all about you. He ought to tell you just give up. God ain't thinking about you. He ought to tell you, he'll tell you just give up. Amen. Because look at here. Amen. You, you've done all you can do. And it seems like nothing is coming together and nothing is working out. And nothing, amen. It seems like no resolves is coming to your way. But the devil is alive. Whatever God promised to you, I want you to know he shall fulfill it until the day of redemption. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We don't need to worry about what God is going to do.
going to do next uh, and what God's going to do in our world today. Uh, don't worry about it, uh, but seek ye the kingdom of heaven uh, and all of its righteousness uh, and everything that God promised to do, uh, he will take care of his part. Uh, all I've got to be doing is just to be concerned about what I need to be doing uh, and make sure that I'm doing the Lord said do. Huh? Thank you Jesus. Huh? And whatever God says do, that's what we ought to want to be trying to do. Huh? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Huh? He had told his disciples earlier huh, that the kingdom was, his kingdom was near. Huh? And they missed it. Huh? Thank you Jesus. Huh? They're talking about an earthly kingdom. Huh? God's talking about a spiritual kingdom. Huh? And when God got there, all, he's all about spiritual. Let the Holy Spirit take full charge. Let it take full control. Let it mold your life. Let it straighten out your life. One thing about the Holy Spirit, it will straighten out your mind. Thank you, Jesus. It will give you a peace of mind. It will give you joy in times of sorrow. It will give you hope for tomorrow. You may be feeling lost right now, but if you allow the Holy Spirit to come on into the end, Inside, huh? And come on and work in your mind, huh? Work in your heart, huh? It will bring some results, huh? And that's what God is in the business about doing, huh? Bringing results, huh? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord, huh? Thank you, Lord, huh? And when we look back here in verses number eight, huh? Thank you, Lord. It said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That was the main ingredient of the instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples. That you were going to receive power. Power. You can't do the work of the Lord without the power of the Lord. You can't cast out no devils without the power of the Lord. You can't heal no sick without the power of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's something about the power. The power of the Lord. Power from on high. And after they receive the power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon them. The work and the commission that God has commissioned them to do, they will be able to go out and do it. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. While he may be found. Thank you, Lord. Call on him while he's near. Let God complete his work. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, let the Lord complete his work. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Oh, God, we thank you. God, we thank you. They were instructed to go to the upper room and to wait on the promise of God. Most importantly, the disciples, they needed to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they couldn't go and do the work of the Lord without it. Amen. And without the power of God, we can do nothing. The Holy Spirit will give us direction and the power to act upon the behalf of the Lord. Amen. Stand with me. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart roll away. It was 
Hey.